to all the moms. Moms of children who are still at home or all grown up. Moms who've outlived a son or daughter. Or moms of babies they never got to hold. Moms who've raised kids all on their own or became a mom to someone who needed one. Moms of children who have wandered from God or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you into the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. Well, hey, would you open your Bibles to 2 Timothy uh, 3, verses 14 through 15 this morning. I thought we'd take a little um, detour, a little break and pause on our series in the book of Daniel called Kingdom, Kingdom Culture and focus in and just really take this time to um, uh, speak into and honor all of our mothers and all the women in our church. Um, and today we're going to be talking about a message titled, Leaving a Lasting Legacy. Leaving a Lasting Legacy. You know, if we are not careful and intentional in our priorities, we may miss out on the most important things in life. We may miss out on making a significant impact, not only in our lives, but also with the lives that God has placed in our trust to influence. Life could just pass us by. You know, I don't post much on social media. I'm not very active on Instagram or Facebook. But uh, one of the neat things about Facebook is they have this thing of memories that on this day, and this is what came up in my memory yesterday. On this day, 11 years ago, here's me uh, going with our family. Back then, it was only Judah and Noah. And Judah's about three years old there, and Noah about a year and a half. We're on our way to uh, Makapu Beach. And I actually wanted to recreate that. You know, they have those things, and life goes so fast. That was 11 years ago. And it's, it's so crazy to think that, you know, 14 years ago, when my son Judah was born, he was this small little football. And the blink of an eye, now he's like an inch taller than me. I wear size nine and a half. He wears size 11, uh, you know, size and a half bigger than my foot. Like he wears all my clothes and he's just so much bigger. And it just happened in just a twinkling of an eye. And it would be happened so fast. You know, the old saying that the days are long, but the years are short. And if we're not careful, life can come like a thief in the night and rob us of making a legacy and making an impact in our children's lives, in our grandchildren, in our great-grandchildren's lives. You know, one minute our kids are in diapers and the next minute they're in their college dormitories. One minute they're drooling and teething. The next minute, they are driving their own cars. One minute, you're attending their 
piano recital, their first piano recital, and this next minute, you're paying for their wedding rehearsal dinner. Uh, listen, if we are caught up in simply surviving and not intentionally parenting our kids to godliness and leaving a godly legacy, a lasting legacy, all this would be for naught. Speaking of legacy, uh, pastor and educator A.W. or A.E. Winship, he traced out kind of the lineage of Jonathan Edwards. You know, Jonathan Edwards who kind of led the revival in the Northeast, uh, the great revival. He came with a sermon, famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, but he wrote a resolution while he was still young, and he made a resolution to make a godly impact in his generation. And a lot of that has to do with his mom. But anyways, A.E. Winship traced his lineage and his family history 150 years after his death. And this is his legacy. Jonathan Edwards and his house feared the Lord, and they served him with sincerity and faithfulness. And his leg legacy includes practically... There were no lawbreakers in his family. There were more than 100 lawyers, 30 judges, 13 college presidents, 100 and more professors, 60 physicians and doctors, 100 clergymen or pastors, missionaries, and theological professors, 80 to the public office, including three mayors, three governors, several members of Congress, three senators, and one vice president, Aaron Burr. I gotta admit, I haven't watched Hamilton yet. But 60 have attained prominence in authorship or editorial life with 135 books of merit and 75 army or navy officers. Could you imagine the legacy of Jonathan Edwards' mom and how that carried out throughout all, throughout generations? It's a lasting legacy. Let's put that now in juxtaposition or in light of a man named Max Jukes, who was a contemporary of Jonathan Edwards, whose family included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of debauchery, 130 convicts, 310 paupers, with over 2,300 years lived in poor houses, 400 were physically wrecked by indulgent living, it was estimated that Max Jukes' descendants cost the state more than 1250000 You see, if we, especially moms, I want to encourage you, if we're just focusing on survival, and, you know, I get it. Some days a win is just none of your kids end up going to the ur urgent care or the ER and just feeding them. And that's awesome. But we need to just not uh, survive or parent our kids. We must lead them into Christ's likeness. We must be intentional parenting, intentional parents who'd raise the next generation of passionate Christ followers. Let's leave a lasting legacy. Amen. And so we're going to look at our text this morning from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14. This is Paul writing to Timothy, his young protege, and he says, But as for you, he compares it to godless people, they're doing this, 
They're lawless people. They're disobedient. But he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The question then becomes, from whom did Timothy learn the Word of God? Was it Paul? Remember whom you learned? And I want us to look at two things. When he says, from whom you learned it, he's not talking about himself. He is talking about his grandmother and his mother. His, he's talking about Eunice and Lois. Eunice being the mother and Lois being the grandmother. And there are three clues that we can see from this text here. First, in verse 15, he says that you've learned it from childhood. I, I believe the NIV say, says that from infancy, you've learned. Who did he learn from? Did he learn from his dad? No, because in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, uh, Luke tells us how about how Paul chose Timothy in, the, in his first missionary partner. And when he came to Lystra and Derby, there was, a Tim, there was a man named Timothy who was a son of a Jewish woman and a Greek father. So Timothy then, he had an unbelieving dad. It was the matriarchy. It was the maternal, the loving investment, the pouring of this godly generation of the grandmother and the mother of Eunice and Lois who poured into this young Timothy. Now we see Timothy in scripture. He was a little bit, um, a couple things. One is because you know, his dad wasn't a believer. It says in 1 Timothy 3, that's like, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and, and sound mind. Timothy was probably shy and timid, timid. Not only that, but Timothy was also sickly. He said, hey, um, if, in regards to your stomach issues, you know, don't just drink water, but drink a little bit of alcohol to soothe your stomach. So here's this young timid, shy pastor who was in charge over Ephesus, the churches of Ephesians, Ephesians, right? And Timothy was able to be the pastor and he served faithfully. And you could see here the legacy that still carries on behind the scenes uh, because of Eunice and Lois. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I am sure it dwells in you as well. Isn't that awesome? That Timothy uh, inherited it was passed on to him, this sincere faith, this faith um, without wax, so to speak, this faith that was devout, this faith that was steadfast. He learned it from 
Lois and Eunice. And could I just pause here? And I just want to encourage there's some uh, tutus. There's some grandmas that are listening to me right now. And you feel like maybe your, your sphere of influence is very limited, limited. And your time of influence has passed. You have a mantle. You have an authority. You have a track record of following Jesus and loving Jesus. And especially when you pray over your grandkids, pray that you would raise the next Timothy. Pray that you would raise, that God would raise the next um, Paul, the next Billy Graham, Right, the next Greg Laurie, that that God would use you, and you have this authority, and you have this influence, and this mantle to speak into the next generation of passionate Christ followers, the next generations of pastors and preachers and missionaries and worship leaders and administrators and Christian lawyers and Christian real estate agents and Christian accountants. Oh, what a great privilege and an honor it is to know that First uh, John, or excuse me, Third John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. This is John now. He just escaped. He's, you know, uh, he was boiled alive at Patmos. Do you guys know that John is the oldest living apostle? He died last. He died of old age. And... He's seen all the miracles. He's seen Jesus walk on water. He saw the resurrected Christ. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. He saw all the crazy thousands of followers, thousands of healing, the healings that Jesus has performed. But hindsight being 2020, in 3 John he says, I have no greater joy in my life than to hear that my children, he's not talking about his physical children, right? But he's talking about his spiritual children. But I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Let me tell you right now, um, all the investment that you, you, all the prayers that you've uttered, all the moms, all the tears that you have shed for your children, May I encourage you, don't grow weary in doing good because in due season, there is a time of harvest. In due season, the Word of God, it does not return unto us void. All those times you dragged your children to church, you dragged them and forced them to go to youth group, you forced them to sit with you at church, the word is active, it is alive, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And God's word will take root in their hearts and they would know the truth in Christ, that they would surrender and that they would have their own personal relationship with Jesus. And there is no greater joy than that. It's greater joy than 
owning a home, greater joy than buying your dream Tesla car, greater joy than taking your dream vacation, greater joy than um, paying off your mortgage. There's no greater joy than to hear that your children are walking in the truth because after all, Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What does it matter if your kids are successful or your grandkids are wealthy, but they are far away from the Lord? What good is it to have educated children, but yet are resistant towards God? They've gained the whole world, but yet they have lost their own soul in the process. What good is it to have responsible adults and for your kids and grandkids to have their own families and for them to be financially well off and doing well, but yet they are far from God. You see, this is the, the point that I wanted to make. Number one is that a lasting legacy is a godliness that is both preached and practiced. Let me repeat that. A lasting legacy, a legacy that would last is one that is both preached and practiced. Paul told Timothy, continue in what you have learned and what you have firmly believed in or what you have been fully convinced of. You see, godliness, it needs to be a both and. We learn godliness from the Word of God. We learn godliness when it is taught to us and preached to us and spoken to us. But godliness can be learned not only through teaching, but through being practiced. Do you want to know, hey parents, do you want to know what instant, what instantly will lose your credibility with your kids faster than a speeding bullet? When you tell your kids, do what I say, don't do what I do. When we tell our kids, okay, do what I say, but just don't do what I do. Hey, you go to church, but I'm going to stay home and clean the home, clean the house. I'll drop you off at church because church is important for you. But for me, you know, I could uh, just play golf and stay at home. Practice what you preach and preach what you practice. Let your walk be in harmony with your talk. Do you guys know that demons have the right theology? They believe in right orthodoxy. Orthodoxy means ortho, like an orthodontist. It's right or it's straight. Doxas is a teaching. There's a straight teaching. But our orthodoxy, our right teaching, must be in parallel with orthopraxy, which is right practice. James says, you believe that God is one? Good for you. Even the demons believe and they shudder. Even the demons believe that God is one, that Jesus is God, that God is holy, and they tremble and they shudder. What makes them demons still? It's because they haven't surrendered their will unto God. Their orthodoxy does not match with their orthopraxy, with their right practice. Right belief must be accompanied by right living. That's why 1 Timothy 
which is the context of preachers and teachers, but the principle here can be applied to parents. In chapter 4, verse 15, Paul tells Timothy, practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Look at the two things here. I underlined it for us. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. What does Paul tell Timothy? Keep a close watch over yourself, how you live your life, your character, your walk, and keep a close eye on your teaching, on what you teach, or on your talk. Because when you immerse yourself in what you teach and how you live your life, your character, and the content of your teaching, you will ensure salvation both for yourself and those who hear you. In other words, um, moms and parents, if you keep a close eye on how you live your life, and what you teach your kids, you will ensure the salvation. You'll amp up the percentage of your children being saved and your children walking in the truth. You know, one of the many reasons why I love my wife Renee, okay, Mother's Day alert, is not that she's it's not just because she's an anointed worship leader or a gifted speaker or an amazing cook. She's all of these things, but she really relates to our kids and really lives out her faith to our kids where she is able to live out just in small little ways when she homeschools our kids or not even homeschools, but just out driving. When she'd be driving, you know, she'd blast the worship music and that's why you see Noah <laughs> just singing his heart out or Judah lifting his hands and worshiping or even Ezzy singing and worship songs because she lives it. She walks the talk. Um, even when they're driving, if they would see a car that looked like my car, they're like, oh, that car looks like dad's car. Let's go, let's go pray for your dad right now. Oh, that, oh, that that car looks like Auntie so-and-so's car. Maybe the Lord put her there so that we could pray for her. Or sometimes there would be an ambulance just driving by. And it's like, oh. And, you know, the kids would just, Renee would lead them. And the kids were like, Lord Jesus, we pray for whoever's in that, per that person. If they're hurt, I pray that they would know your presence is with them. If they don't know you, that they would know you. See, this is life. This is what modeling, what it means to be a Christ follower. Paul says, but as for you, Timothy, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed. Don't give up on your faith. Don't give up on scriptures. Don't give up on your salvation. And he says these crucial words, knowing from whom you learned it. It's going back to Eunice and it's going back to Lois. In other words, 
one of the ways, it's not the only way, but one of the ways to strengthen our faith and persevere through hard times and not to give up on the scripture is to remember who introduced you to the word of God and the way of salvation. Remember your mother. Remember your grandmother. Let's go to point number two and we'll wrap it up with this. A lasting legacy is based on the eternal word of God. If we want just not a temporary legacy, but a lasting legacy, kind of like Jonathan Edwards, kind of like Timothy with Eunice and Lois, it must be based on the eternal word of God. Look at 2 Timothy 3.15. And from childhood, you have been acquainted with the what? Sacred writings, with the holy scriptures, the word of God, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. See, we don't major on the minors. We minor in the minors and we major in the majors. I think oftentimes it's so easy for parenting to catch the and to um, really preach to our kids what the next buzzword is with TED Talks or what's happening in academia, right? Whether it's emotional intelligence or grit or outliers or self-care. No, we, those things are good. We minor on those things, but we major in the sacred writing of Scripture. And I want to just kind of take this time to just to honor um, not only my wife, but, you know, my, my mom and also my mother-in-law. You know, just thinking about my mother-in-law, Annie, who moved her family, right? And dedicated five years of her life with no financial security, with no offer of, of a job. But she dedicated and she lived out her faith and helped plant New Hope Community Church and really poured into and invested in our keiki. And I think about my own mom. It's Mother's Day who, for the past almost 15 years, uh, she's had this chronic severe pain in her spine. Four years ago, she fell and they had to drill. Um, she had hemorrhaging in her brain. She, they had to drill two holes, one hole in each side of her brain to relieve the swelling and just how her, her health has declined. But through it all, uh, she's remained faithful. Through it all, she prays for each one of her kids that through the suffering, through the unanswered prayer of not being healed, that she still serves Jesus without any pretense, without any false motives, that she serves Jesus and she loves Jesus for Jesus. That if Jesus didn't answer another prayer, that she is eternally grateful. Despite all the pain, she still prays for each one of her grandkids. And how we moved here almost 30 years ago with six suitcases and she was able to raise up 
kids who know the Lord, one school teacher, one lawyer, and two pastors. This was a time, you guys, when before really the advent of focus on the family where the woman did everything or the wife did everything, the mom did everything around the home. At a time when, you know, no fault of his own, that was, that's just the way it was back then. You know, my dad didn't even, hasn't changed a diaper, didn't change any of our four kids' diapers. Well, my dad was out saving the world, so to speak. My mom stayed at home. She would act out Bible stories for us. She would teach us. She would discipline us with an iron hand, but with a full heart. And where would I be if it weren't for a praying mom? a God-fearing mom and where would we be and so this morning let's just pray pray that we would desire to leave a lasting legacy beyond us that our children our children's children and our children's children's children to the third fourth fifth sixth to the tenth generation would know Christ and they would look through you the lineage and they could see a praying mom a praying grandma a a Christ loving Christ following grandma that prayed her family and her children into the kingdom of God and to make a difference in this world amen let's go ahead and pray father we love you we thank you God for who you are and Lord, we are grateful, Lord, for your word. Your word says, O God, that the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Father, I pray, God, that not just the moms, but everyone, all of us, Lord, that we would long to have that, to leave a lasting impact, a lasting legacy, an eternal legacy, O Lord God of godliness. Lord, that we don't want to be marked by um, material success or financial wealth but we want to be marked as Christ followers those who are passionate about Jesus passionate about the gospel and so Lord I pray God that we would leave a lasting legacy based on your word that we would be a people who would model and who would teach what it means to follow and love Jesus And so, Lord, would you bless all the moms today, the special day. Would you bestow on them honor as we honor them. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Mother's Day, all you moms. We love you. Don't forget to join us today, 5 p.m. for our in-person live service at the Academy Learning Hub in Aina We love you guys. Have an amazing day.